Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is the weekly podcast for all your tillage news and advice. In this episode, and due to the harvest difficulties and poor returns, I chatted to James MacDonald, a financial specialist from Chagas, about how farmers can manage through this difficult period. I first asked James to explain some of the terminology such as cash flow, turnover and profit. We'll start with the simple stuff. Um, Turnover really is just a measure of the amount of money that passes through your bank account. Now, some accountants would use the word turnover to equate to sales. So it's a very crude measure. And it's really just used by banks to figure out a percentage of your turnover becomes your overdraft limit. And that's really all turnover is used for. So to give you an example of businesses with a high turnover, say the livestock marts, they buy all the cattle every Tuesday and they sell them every Tuesday um, through the ring. So they have a huge turnover in terms of sales, but it gives you no idea of the costs of running the business. So it doesn't tell you anything about the profitability or the efficiency of the business. So that's turnover. If we look at profit, I suppose it's the amount of money that you earn in producing something. So if you sell a thousand euros worth, 3000 euros worth of grain, and the costs included rent in the field for a thousand, and you had spray, seed, fertilizer costs of another thousand, your profit is the third thousand, which is left. The limitation of that measure is it tells you nothing about the money that's in your bank account. So if the grain isn't sold, it's only half of it is sold and half of it is sitting in the store. So you have 500 euros worth of grain sitting in the store. That still counts as part of your profit in tax accounts. So um it's still not a measure of how much cash is in your account so cash flow is really the best measure to look at so it's the amount of money sitting in your bank account so you could have a high turnover you could have a high taxable profit but you could nearly you might have very little money in your bank account so farmers really need to look at their bank account and how much money is due to come in and how much money is due to be paid out so that's like a cash flow budget so what will your bank account hold at the end of the year you know so will it be positive or negative if it's negative you're in your overdraft so cash flow is really what we should look at okay so when we talk about cash flow and i i, I very much suspect the tillage farmers out there probably have cash flow issues because like i say, the harvest is down quite a lot um and the um the amount of uh sales coming through their accounts are um probably not as good as they were other years so where, if, where a guy sees himself in that um, situation where should that farmer start um well i suppose so starting with cash flow the first thing i'd say is look in the bank account see what's there and the easiest thing to do is probably take out a blank sheet of paper and a pen and down one side of the sheet of paper write down potential income and the other side write down your expenses now i suppose you have to have a target date in mind and different farmers will have different kind of target dates so if we look at dairy farmers trying to write a budget, we try to write it at this time of year to take it through to next May when the next decent milk check is due in. Dry stock farmers might do it from now until Christmas because they've got the single farm payment due in in October and they probably have a lot of sales between now and Christmas. And then they'll start again in the next cycle. With tillage, we're kind of at the end of a cycle now because you have the harvest done. So you're starting now until this time next year. So it might be prudent to try and write a budget for the next 12 months. So the longer that you're writing the budget for, I suppose, the more difficult it is because you're trying to, at the moment, do you know what crops you're going to put in the ground uh, in the autumn? 
then if you have a wet autumn, right, you're switching to spring crops. And we had all the issues that we had in the 2020 season. Um, so to help you write a budget, uh, I came up a couple of years ago with um, a five minute cash flow document. So if you Google tillage five minute cash flow, you can download this document and you can have a go at filling it in. Really what it is, it's a formalized method of, um, I suppose, write instead of using the blank sheet of paper. Um, you start off with your starting point to the balance in the bank account today, what sales you're going to have in the immediate future, what costs you have, and include drawings and tax is often forgotten because that's due at the end of October. So your preliminary tax for 2020 and any balance in tax due for 2019. So um, I suppose if the cash flow doesn't look so great, well, then it's on to the next step. You need to sit down with your advisor and maybe take a more detailed look at the business. Now that could entail looking at your crop mix, rented land, the machinery that you have, maybe changing enterprise. I know some people have changed to dairy and from, from other enterprises, or maybe even organics. I believe the current grain price there is over 300 a ton. So there's different things that, that, that you can do. But I suppose it's about having a conversation with your advisor if things aren't looking so good. Okay. So, James, then when somebody has that kind of fairly well completed, um, there is, I suppose there's, uh, people can look backwards, I suppose, maybe to give them an idea about what expenses were, were there in the past. Does a, a farmer really need to go through the, uh, that level of detail to get a decent plan out? Yeah, I would think so. And I would say starting with last year's figures uh, is a very useful method uh, to compare year on year how things are working out. Um, it also helps jog the memory of the different payments that you, that you have. And I suppose um, if we look at farming, I'd say, I'd say it's nearly in, in cycles that I suppose hopefully that 2020 is the worst year of the next five and that we'll have two or three good years and a couple of average years. Um, to budget forward for, for a tillage farmer, I suppose your costs and returns booklet is very useful um, to, to figure out the crop and mix for next year. We have cap around the corner and, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. The greening will probably be different. So you might be able to grow a crop rotation rather than three crops um, together, which I suppose is more difficult for the smaller tillage farmers trying to fit in tree crops and the extra machinery and, and logistics around that. The other thing I suppose is about living expenses. They can be difficult to figure out and many people don't have a separate farm account. So if things are tricky, it might be an idea to run a separate how, uh, account for your drawings and a direct debit. Um, then there are other items that you mightn't think of. Maybe the children are getting big and they're heading towards college. So there might be a big ticket item required like college fees or accommodation or something like that. So you really do need to sit down and work out uh, a budget for the next 12 months. And the advisors are there to help you with this. Um, they have other tools available. Like we've got a, an Excel program called the cost control planner. So you could sit down once a month and try and predict your, your cash flow regularly. Um, but I'd say the best place to start is with a sheet of paper or the five minute cash flow document. Okay, so James, just on, on, the, on the, you mentioned I think that just briefly there, the, the, the profit monitor, is that is that necessary to have that? So say if a guy had um, 
uh, hasn't got it done maybe over the last number of years or maybe hasn't done one at all. Is that, uh, again, something else that would help him figure out where he's going to go in the future? Yeah, well, I suppose every farmer does tax accounts and all they do is measure uh, the amount of tax you're due to pay revenue. Um, but we have the profit monitor, which is, it's a farm management tool. So it's, it helps you figure out what are you good at and what are you not so good at? So which are your more profitable crops? So it's definitely worth sitting down and use and, and doing a profit monitor. Now, I suppose in the KT groups, it was a mandatory job and you know you, you got paid to look at your own business, which I suppose it's something that we should be doing anyway. And advisors are well-trained you know, in how to help you interpret what you're good at and what you're poor at. So the results pro provide you with reliable figures on how efficient you are, which crops are you're better at growing. So it helps you write a plan for the next number of years because you can take your past performance and you can predict it forward. Um, I suppose on tillage farms, you know, a lot of the big investment is machinery and it's very easy for the finance company to um, come and take away the machine if you don't make a payment. But in other sectors, banks, when they look for plans, you know, how are you going to pay for this new milking power? How are you going to pay for this cattle shed? And oftentimes the profit monitor is used by the bank to, to look at your efficiency. And then a farm plan is written based on that. So we take your efficiency and we predict that forward. If you're not so efficient, well, then it's about figuring out with your advisor where you can improve efficiency. So it might be a piece of rented land that the fertility is low in or it's not the best land maybe it shouldn't be used for crops. Or it could be that your machinery costs are too high. And I suppose you could use the, the Chagas machinery program to figure out how to reduce your machinery costs. So just everybody has, has things they're good at and things that they're poor at. And the Profit Monitor is the program to help you figure that out. So I suppose, James, it's, uh, I suppose some farmers might view that the Profit Monitor is something to, to, to beat the farmer over the head with. But what you're very clearly saying here is that not at all. It's, it's a tool that can be used in, in, in many, many different ways. Oh yeah, it was it, it was designed for that purpose, and I suppose like it's all of all of the main buyers of milk, meat, grain, all have their own farms, so they know themselves what what how how to produce grain or meat or milk efficiency. So it's this is a tool for the farmer, you know. Okay, so we'll just get back, James. To you mentioned machinery, um, and obviously machinery repayments are quite substantial on a lot of farms, um, given the cost of some of the machines that are out there at the moment. Where a guy is in trouble, um, are there any options out there in terms of deferring repayments for machines? Well, I'd say the first thing is, I suppose, to go and talk to the people that are financing you. Um, getting in there early allows you to have a conversation that you're not missing a payment. So maybe they'll allow you to skip a few months and add them on at the end, but, but the interest is clocking on, on the balance that's outstanding, or maybe you just pay interest for a couple of months. Um, I suppose it's probably easier to deal with banks, uh, possibly, than, than finance companies, um, because oftentimes the loans on machinery, they might be a very fixed uh, contract rather than a variable contract. So it might mean getting some... Um, to continue the payments from the machine, you might need to take a short loan with the bank to keep that going. So I suppose it's about sitting down and looking at your schedule, 
figuring out which items are the easiest to do. During this COVID crisis, there's an awful lot of, of families that have deferred mortgage payments for a number of months. So essentially, um, when, when they go back paying, they're adding these payments that are skipped to the end, and there's a small little bit of extra interest due because there has been no payments for the six or eight or 12 months, whatever the length of time is. So the banks and the finance companies will work with you, but you need early engagement. Um, and the last thing you want to do is skip a payment because then that has an effect on your credit rating for the next time that you want to go um, and, and make an investment on the farm. Um, the other thing I suppose is if there's spare machinery around the place um, and you're taking a detailed look at your system and you, you need to raise cash by selling a machine, you need to talk to your accountant about its book value because there might be tax due on the disposal. So it, it could have a, a machine that's there five years, might have very little value in the book, but it could be worth, still worth a lot of what you paid for it when you bought it. So there could be a lot of tax due on that machine. So it's worth having a chat with your accountant if you're going to dispose of any items that are there on the farm. All very valid, James, but uh, uh, when we try to, to um uh, leverage a machine from a tillage man is always a difficult thing to achieve. Um, but but anyway, look, we'll we'll just move on a little bit. So uh, again, where a guy is, is under pressure, he's all these kind of things coming in on him in terms of in terms of where is he going to find the, the, the money for the next bit. Um, he obviously has to think about living expenses um, and uh, you know how he's going to get through before the basic payment um, uh, arrives and how he's going to get through maybe after that. Have you any? Uh, um, Options as regards how he might deal with that or the person deals with that? Uh, I suppose drawings. Um, the first thing is to have a separate account anywhere for, for drawings so that the farm account could have a direct debit. But I suppose some people don't actually know what, what the cost of, of living is. I know if you look at your tax accounts, it's a figure that's in there, but it's got by um, difference between one figure and another. So it may not be a true reflection of the actual drawings in the setup. Um, we do have on our website budgets, uh, kind of a household budget planner that you could sit down and work out what it costs. So, you know, you have the weekly shop and then maybe there's a monthly shop that's a little bit different. And then there's the, the car repayments, there's the car phone, ES, there's the ESB, and then there's the big ticket items that happen once every now and again um you know college fees um you know getting ready to go back to school uh christmas you know uh birthdays or significant birthdays or whatever it is that 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 people do in their own time so it's about trying to write a budget for that and being prudent so we have you know a simple one page document to help you uh, write that out you know you'll buy the farm and press you know some form of of that weekly um, you may or may not buy the paper every day. So if things are getting tight, some of those items might need, might need to drop. Um, so that's how you go about it. And if things are going to be tight, I suppose you have to look at, well, can the farm deliver more? Or um, how do you cut your cloth to, to suit uh, what you're doing? And then I suppose there's farm assist and there's other supports out there. So if things are tight, the best thing to do is actually bring your advisor and sit down with them and have a consultation, try to predict forward, you know, what your cash flow is going to be for the next 12 months, where can it be tweaked? 
uh, where can savings be made? And that's how you go about it. So, um, James, just coming back to um, rented land, which is always maybe the thorny issue out there uh, with um, maybe advisors and growers alike. Um, how or what's the best way of looking to see whether that makes a contribution to the overall business? Because to me, a, a guy can often um, look at the yield going out the gate and kind of say to himself quietly, I made money or I didn't make money on that piece of ground. Yeah, I suppose it started the profit monitor to figure out, I suppose, which is your most profitable crops. So you need good records. And I suppose to look at a piece of rented land, I'd say your, your e-crops program is, is probably probably the best because you're looking at it on a, on a field by field basis. So you, you've paid out decent rent. You may have competed against uh, a large dairy farmer to get this piece of ground because it's close to you, it's fertile, you know, it's good soil and you can grow a range of crops on it. And I suppose land leasing is better than Conacre because you can work a five or a 10 year plan into it. But I suppose before you take the step of putting your hand in your pocket to, to pay the rent, um, you'd need to look at what has that field delivered for you over a rotation um, as against the cost. And then I suppose you have to take different years into account. Um, I would say some farmers use extra rented land as a means of spreading the cost of the machinery over more land. And you know, there's there's a couple of different sides to that argument. You could say maybe the machine was bought too big for the operation. And now you have, because you've got this extra ground, you're wearing out the machine a little bit faster. So there's a balance that needs to be found out there. Um, and rented ground, I suppose, needs to be looked at in conjunction with everything else that's going on the farm. But there's no point in renting the field for the sake of it just to give spend a couple of extra hours on a machine wearing it out if it's not actually delivering you some profit. So the e-crops program is the way to look at that. And I suppose, James, we had a, an opportunity to look at some of that through uh, the e-profit monitor as well um, over 16, 17 and 18 years. And it was clear to see that or it's a very average year, a huge amount of people with rented land lost money on that rented land. So that's yeah. one, to, one yeah. to, to, to keep in mind. So, James, just a final question then I'm going to ask you, and there was a lot of information over the last 15 minutes or so. Maybe you might summarize that into a couple of key points for our listeners. Yeah, uh, I suppose um, I'll give you an A, B, C, D. I suppose A, we could say act early. So sit down and try and complete a budget now and budget out as far as you can go. So that's A, B. Be realistic in writing your budget. So there's no point in and, and writing the budget saying that you're going to get 220 euros a ton for your grain next year when it might be more realistic to use the current price of 150 or 160. Um, so use an average price. Try to be realistic in, in what you can achieve yourself and budget accordingly. That way your budget will be in the right ballpark. C is about consultation. So consult your advisor or your friend or, or whoever you go to. Um, even from a mental health point of view, uh, you need to be talking to somebody because when the figures or the financials don't work, sometimes our mental health suffers. So we need to consult with somebody. Um, and D then is about deciding a course of action. So make a decision and follow that decision and use the supports that are there to, to help you deliver that. So that's the A, B, C, D. Act, be realistic, consult and follow a course of action. 
James, that's great. Thanks very much, and especially um, around a problem shared is problem halved. I think it's that, that that's some some great advice in there. Yeah, you're welcome. So that's it for the Tillage Edge this week, and my thanks to James for joining me on the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify, so you never miss an episode. And for more farming news, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.